You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Peter Watts in the studio. Welcome, Peter. It's great to be back again, Jason. How have you been, Peter? I have been well. I'm, I'm thoroughly well. I went for a nice brisk walk this morning in the very, very cold weather. It's two frosty. degrees this morning. The last two mornings I've had to spend considerable time um, washing down the uh, the windscreens. I actually yes. took my wife to the airport at 4.30 this morning. Oh, so did you? I, uh, I had to get out early, okay. start the car up, warm it up, wash the screens yeah. down. <laughs> in the dark. There's a bit of an ice around on the screens. Mm. Uh, what, you, uh, what have you been up to, Peter? So I've been, uh, we've been running the um, Is God for Real series, which is an apologetic series. What does apologetics mean? It means that we uh, give reasons for the belief and the faith that we have. We look at some of the evidence for the existence of God, for the reliability of Scripture, and um, some of the prophecies in Scripture. And we're actually going to be looking at a prophecy today in Daniel, in the book of Daniel that we're talking about too. So we've been running that, and um, just for those that uh, may be in the uh, Hobart area, we're going to be um, continuing our series uh, on uh, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. That's a change of location. It now, is I a change of location. We were at the Glenorchy Football Club, but we are going to be this coming Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We will be at the, the uh, Glenorchy Seventh day Adventist Church, which is at 518 Main Road, Montrose. That's 518 Main Road, Montrose. That's 7 p.m. Wednesday. We're going to be talking about the rest of the story and history's greatest hoax. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Now, we've got a fair bit to cover today, so we're going to get into our program pretty quickly. Uh, but I will give the number for our show today. That's Tassie Encounters, 0488 We've got two offers today. Uh, we will let you know about that later. Mm. We've got two offers. We've got a book and a small little uh, tract that we'll be giving away. Uh, we'd love you to text in. Uh, we've got a, a question, and uh, if you've got any personal questions yourself, we'd love to hear from you as well. So do text us in on that. Now, this is our series uh, called Daniel and the God of Wisdom. Mm. Um, we last week studied Daniel chapter 1, and uh, there was no prophecy in that. But it was, uh, I guess there was a bit of wisdom in that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit of wisdom. That's right. Well, uh, Daniel was found to be, uh, Daniel and his friends have found to be 10 times wiser by following God's plan mm. uh, than uh, following the Babylonian plan. And so, um, yeah, that set us up nicely. And I think uh, we should uh, mention that the book of Daniel is in, in, in two halves, effectively. The first six chapters are, are more historical events mm-hmm. that take place while Daniel is living in Babylon. And then verse, uh, chapters 7 to 12 are more prophetic hmm. what we're going to study today is daniel chapter 2 now this and, is partly prophetic and it is yeah. well it's both it yeah. is it is something that happened while hmm. daniel was living in babylon but it actually is about a dream that the king has and it's a, and it's a prophecy and as well and this in fact is one of the most amazing prophecies in scripture it's one of the simplest hmm. and it was uh, the passage of scripture that helped me to believe that the Bible was divinely inspired. So it's very important for me personally. Mm, for me too. I, I think some of these prophecies of Daniel really have helped me um, 
have absolute confidence in the Bible. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so let's get into it. And what mm. we're going to do this morning is we're going to read um, through a fairly large amount of uh, Scripture. It's a long chapter. It is a long chapter. Mm. And there's a lot of setup before we get to the details of the prophecy and the interpretation of the prophecy. Mm. And because we want to cover every verse, we're going to read every verse. And so we're going to do a little bit of reading. And uh, last week we talked about Daniel and his friends have arrived in Babylon. They were taken captive from Jerusalem, uh, and they've settled in now, and um, we're going to read this chapter, Daniel chapter 2. And if you have your Bibles, you can read along. Hmm. And um, I'm going to get you, Jason, to read the first seven verses, and then I'm going to read through verses 8 to 16. So we're going to read a little bit of Scripture here from Daniel chapter 2. Okay, and this is reading from the New King James Version, and it's titled Nebuchadnezzar's Dream. Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king, and the king said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, My decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made an ash heap. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive me from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will give its interpretation. All right. So let's just do a little bit of commentary on this yeah. before we read further. Are you going to say something there? I can tell. Well, it's interesting, <laughs> isn't it, that... Uh, he uh, he really just couldn't remember this dream, but he expected his. Uh, what are, what are, what are the, the Chaldeans? Well, the Chaldeans. So the Chaldeans. So uh, Chaldeans. Maybe you've heard of Ur of the Chaldees, which is where um, Abraham was born. It's it's a it's an area of of uh, Mesopotamia. Yeah. And so. Um, so these were wise people, were they? They are. They're his mm. his astrologers, mm. his magicians. Um, these are the so-called wise men of Babylon, mm. um, and he's basically saying. You know, maybe some of our listeners have had this experience. They've had a dream uh, and woken up, and it's a very vivid dream, but then in 20 minutes you can't you remember can't it remember anymore. It. Hmm. Uh, that's happened to me many times. And um, so this has happened to the king, and the king knew that the dream was important. Hmm. It's fascinating. We've discovered in archaeology that there are tablets that tell us about um, dream omen tablets that, that tell us that dreams were important to the Babylonians. So we're going to later discover that this this dream actually comes from God, mm. and uh, God is using something that was familiar in their culture that was important in their culture, such as a dream, and he's using this to communicate something to the king. So um, one of the points I was just going to... Um, well, maybe we'll, we'll we'll carry on. I'll do I'll do a little bit more reading. So he's basically said, "Look, you're the wise men. Tell me what I dreamt, and yeah, tell, me tell me what, what it means." means. Yep. And they're saying it's we don't know bit, how bit to tell. Bit of a tough ask. It's a really tough ask. Yeah. But if you're claiming to be in communication with the gods, which they they did, you should be able to know. You this. You should be able to know this. Mm. And uh, and of course, he's basically calling them out. So verse eight. I'm going to read from verse eight through to verse sixteen. It says, The king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time because you see that my decision is firm. 
If you do not make known the dream to me, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. Therefore, tell me the dream and I shall know that you can give me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer or Chaldean. It is a difficult thing that the king requests, and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this reason, the king was angry and very furious. I mean, that's not just furious, but very furious, Mm. and gave a command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went out, and they began killing the wise men, and they sought Daniel and his companions too to kill them. So Daniel and his companions are regarded as sort of apprentice wise men, if you like. Mm. Verse 14, Then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Mm. So here... This is how Daniel is drawn into it. So first, the king has the dream. He asks his wise man to tell him what, it, what, what the dream is and what it's all about. They can't do that. So he's now angry with them because basically they're masquerading as people who can predict the future, as somebody who can talk to the gods. And when this crucial moment comes, they can't do it for the king. So the king is angry. He's threatening to kill them. Uh, and then Daniel is counted amongst the wise men as we see saw from last week in Daniel chapter 1 where he was you know brought into that circle mm. and um and he's uh going to ask the king if he can have some time because he's going to put it before God it's interesting isn't it that uh the Chaldeans also asked for time yeah. in essence but they didn't really they weren't granted that and and uh, Daniel um is granted time yeah well he's, he's going to ask for that yeah. and it's quite interesting you remember in last week's study in chapter one it says and God brought Daniel into the favor of the official mm. you remember that mm. and I think that there's something here where God is bringing him into favor with the king and so forth so that he mm. can influence this great empire by through this one Hebrew individual uh, and through these dreams, um, God is going to be able to influence uh, that king. Should I read the next bit just before our break? Yes, let's read seven, uh, seven to 20, uh, 17 to 23. It says, Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision, so Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God for ever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and seasons, he removes kings and raises up kings, he gives wisdom to the wise, and knowledge to those who have understanding, he reveals deep and secret things, he knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers, you have given me wisdom and might, and now made known to me what we have asked of you for you have made known to us the king's demand 
All right, terrific. So here he's asked God for wisdom. God has given him that dream, and now he's set up ready to be able to tell that to the king. We're going to go to a break, and this song is all about this dream. In the ancient land Chaldea, in the mind of a troubled king, came a dream of power and meaning, yet the dreamer forgot everything. But another who dreams of our future will never forget what he sees. So let's believe this dreamer, please. The forgetter was Nebuchadnezzar Who called his magicians in But they couldn't see much there And they trembled with fear and chagrin Oh children, remember the spirit Who knows every dream we've dreamed Who tells us we are highly esteemed The king sees the future our deliverance and last the king dreams when every dreamer fails the king of dreams holds us fast is his faith the faith of Jesus inspires us to When the king lost his mind And the king of all kings saw the drama And heard the cruel death decree And he knows how to save you and me When Daniel heard of the sentence To the God of heaven he pled Then his God revealed the mystery And he went to the king and said Dream in the hours of night and shed in the mind of the prophet.
You're listening to Tessie Encounters. And this is uh, Faith FM. We're speaking with Peter Watts this morning. And uh, we've just read some passages out of Daniel chapter 2, and we've got a bit more to read before we fully uh, cover this, uh, I guess, this uh, setup of, yeah. of the of the chapter. So um, I just finished off at verse 23 of Daniel chapter 2, mm. and you're going to read on from 24. Yeah, so so the king has had this dream. Um, he His wise men can't interpret it. Daniel is uh, praying to God has the dream as well and this is what happens next so this is daniel 2 verses 24 onwards it says therefore daniel went to arioch whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of babylon he went and said thus to him do not destroy the wise men of babylon take me before the king and i will tell the king the interpretation then arioch quickly brought daniel before the king and said thus to him I have found a man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the, the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to, the, to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. I just want to pause there for a minute. Um, he, he's saying there that, because king, the king Nebuchadnezzar is saying to Daniel, are you able to interpret the dream? And Daniel mm. is saying, no, it's not me. No, it's, it's not me. God. It's God. He gives, yeah. gives, gives God the credit. And he's saying, he's revealed to the king what will happen in the latter days. Bear that in mind. He goes on, he says, your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. But for our sakes, who make known to the uh, sorry, who make known the interpretation to the king, and that you may know the thoughts of your heart. Verse thirty-one: You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. This head's image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watch while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found, and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. So here in this explanation, he said this image or this statue made up of different uh, metals, gold, silver, bronze, iron, iron and clay, and then this stone cut out without hands. That means a supernatural stone, a stone that's not man-made. Mm. Um, it comes at the end and it hits the, the image on its feet and toes at the very end and it... Um, Obliter destroys, obliterates, it. <laughs> obliterates all of those uh, other materials, mm. and the stone itself then is left, um, and that that is the the dream that he has, and and I'm sure King Nebuchadnezzar said, yeah, that's it. In fact, in verse 46, it, uh, no, in verse um, um, 36 onwards, Daniel is then going to explain the interpretation of the dream. So I might get you to read some of this. Um, maybe read to the end of verse 38, Jason, 36 yeah. through 38. 
Okay, this is the dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. You, O king, are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. All right. So this image, this statue that had a head of gold, he's saying very plainly, very clearly in verse 38, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, you are this head of gold. And and gold was a very appropriate uh, material to represent the kingdom of Babylon because um, we're, we're told uh, even in the Bible it's called the golden city uh, is, is Babylon. And so and there was a great deal of gold in Babylon. We, we can read mm. um, historical uh, accounts of people taking gold away from Babylon. And so... Daniel is very clear. There's no ambiguity here. He says, you, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, you are this head of gold. And so that's what that head of gold represents. But of course, the um, interpretation uh, of this um, prophecy is going to continue. And so we have verse 39, which I'll get you to read, Jason. But after you shall rise another kingdom inferior to yours, then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. All right. So in this one verse, verse 39, you have two other kingdoms. It says another kingdom shall arise inferior to yours. That's, That's the, the silver, silver and the, 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 the chest and arms of silver. Yep. And then it says a third one. But we'll talk about the second one for a moment. So um, it says a, another kingdom shall arise inferior to yours. So I'm sure the king of Babylon, um, Nebuchadnezzar, was very happy to have himself described as the king, the, you know, the, the, the kingdom of gold. Mm. But then the idea that there's going to come another kingdom and that it will be inferior. The idea that you would be replaced by mm. another kingdom was not very, um, I guess, popular with him, mm. but also that it was going to be an inferior kingdom, just as silver is inferior to gold. At least that made it slightly palatable. Well, I, I don't, maybe, maybe. And this, this represents, this, this silver, um, the chest and arms of silver represents that kingdom that did overthrow the Babylonians. Mm. We actually have a passage that we will cover in this series on Daniel chapter 5, where you have the fall of Babylon, literally the fall of Babylon to the Medes and the Persians. Mm. Uh, in Daniel chapter 5, people can read about that. But in history, we know that that's the case also. Uh, Cyrus of the Medes and the Persians, he came and overthrew uh, the kingdom of uh, Babylon and uh, led the the Persians to victory there. And um, it's interesting to note uh, silver was the currency uh, of Persia. If you go to the museums, you can go to the museums in Iran. I've been there. Uh, You can go to the Louvre Museum in Paris and you can see silver artifacts from the Persian period. And not only that, I was watching a quiz show in Australia here a few months back and it was saying, can you name uh, the top 20 silver producing countries in the world? And Iran is one of them. Wow. And so um, that was also fascinating. So Iran is the modern day uh, Medes in Persia. Well, yes. If we think about the the empire of the Persians, Mm. it's where Iran is today. Mm. And in fact, you, you know, many people will have I saw an ad last night on the telly for Persian rugs. Mm. Um, People have got Persian rugs, Persian cats. People can think of the Persian Gulf. And uh, I had a friend who I used to work with who 
was from Iran, but he was very proud of his Persian heritage. Mm. So that second kingdom that was inferior to Babylon was the Medes and the Persians, and they overthrew the kingdom of Babylon in 539 BC, and they ruled. And then there was a third kingdom of bronze. Yeah, so that verse, verse 38, it says, then a third kingdom of bronze. Verse 39, that's in. Uh, Yes, sorry. (laughs) Thank you for correcting me there, Josie. (laughs) Verse 39, a third kingdom of bronze. So this third kingdom of bronze, of course, represents the next kingdom. Uh, After the silver, we have the bronze, and that represents the kingdom of Greece under the leadership of Alexander the Great. And um, we, if you think about it, we mentioned before that there's a lot of silver artifacts associated with Persia. Well, the Greeks used to have bronze swords and bronze shields. And um, so that was a fitting emblem for them, too. And uh, Alexander the Great was uh, an incredible military genius. He's been regarded as a military genius because mm. he um, was uh, from Macedon in, in northern Greece today. And uh, he conquered all the territory from about age 20 through the age of 32. He conquered all the territory south of Macedon all the way down into Egypt. And then he spread all the way east to the river of India, so the Indus River. And uh, in fact, I was in India some years ago and uh, I I was in um, a building that was uh, dedicated to Queen Victoria. And um, there were some paintings there and a painting of Alexander the Great meeting some of the people from India. Um, you know, obviously it's a painting that that was painted much later, but it's depicting that event. Mm. And so we've we've got up to verse thirty nine, and we've we've seen these three kingdoms. There are other kingdoms to come, and we've got more to say about this prophecy. We do. We're going to go to a break. Uh, this is the perfect wisdom of our God, and of course, God's wisdom gave Daniel the interpretation of this dream. If you've got any questions about Daniel, text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one.
must apologise. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. I did announce the wrong song. That song was uh, Oh God Beyond All Praising. Well, I still enjoyed that song. Mm. Yeah, I recognise <laughs> the song. tune. <laughs> so there we go. And uh, Daniel was praising God earlier um, after the... Uh, the prayer was answered uh, of that that dream. Um, now Naomi's texted in from Western Australia. Um, is that what you're wanting to say? We'll, just, we'll say hello to Naomi anyway. Hi Naomi. <laughs> Uh, yes, so thanks Naomi for texting in And we've got some listeners uh, over in the USA Perhaps uh, listening live on, Fantastic. The, on the app or the well, website Well, welcome to them Yeah Now, where did we get to, Peter? All right, so we were up to uh, Daniel chapter 2 and verse 39 Which says uh, that there would be another kingdom uh, After the, first, the, the Babylonian kingdom So Babylon was represented by the head of gold And then that second kingdom of silver Was representing the Medes and the Persians Which overthrew Babylon in 539 BC And then it says in the latter part of uh, verse 39 A third kingdom of bronze shall rule over all the earth And that represented the Greek kingdom, the Greek Empire, under the leadership of Alexander the Great, but the um, the uh, prophecy continues, mm. and uh, it continues in verse forty. So I'm going to get you to read verse forty, Jason. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. All right, so this fourth kingdom uh, that represented by the legs of iron in the statue um, is representing um, Rome. It Rome. represents the Roman Empire. And again, if we were just to look at history and say, well, which, which empire replaced the Greeks? Which empire took over uh, domination from, from the Greek Empire? And, of course, it was the Roman Empire. And uh, maybe um, some of our listeners will remember um, the story of Cleopatra. They made a film about that. And uh, Cleopatra was an Egyptian queen, but she was a Greek Egyptian queen. And of course, Julius Caesar uh, went down there and um, he had a relationship with Cleopatra and then he died. He got assassinated. And then Mark Anthony had a relationship with Cleopatra. And after that, after they both um, died, then, then the Romans took over Egypt and um, uh, and so you see, you know, the Romans ruling from that, that time on. So the fact that this was iron um, was mainly about the concept of, of crushing. Is that what you're saying? Whereas the well, uh, suppo- Babylon was literally known for its gold. Um, I think it's fascinating to, to look at the materials that are used to describe the various nations. So, mm-hmm. uh, like I say, even in the Bible, Babylon is described as the city of gold. We've noted that the Persians used silver in their culture mm-hmm. and were a silver a producer um, and then bronze again was used by the, the the Greeks and so when you come to the iron legs of Rome um, it makes sense because uh, they used iron swords they used uh, iron nails if you think about the crucifixion of Jesus mm. um, it was Roman soldiers there that nailed him to the cross with iron nails and um, all throughout the New Testament um, you've got the Roman power ruling the Roman Empire ruling and so if you think about it, these these kingdoms so far, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome, they're all major powers. They're major powers historically. They're major powers in the Bible. They're mentioned by name throughout the Bible. Uh, you've got um, uh, Babylon, Persia, and Greece all named in the book of Daniel alone. 
Uh, and then, of course, in the New Testament, uh, the Roman Empire is dominating. You even have a book of the New Testament called the Book of Romans. Um, so, so yeah, these four major powers we see large in history. In uh, in secular history, we have time periods also known as the Bronze Age and the Iron Age. Mm. Do they correlate with these? Not periods? exactly, right. no. Okay. Um, but it, 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 but the, that's what they're based on. I mm. I, I would say, but mm. um, yeah, they're not exactly overlapping in that way. So we have these four major empires: the gold, the silver, the bronze, and the iron, representing Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. So far, so good. Mm. But then we get to verse forty-one where we find a significant change uh, being made in the language here. Hmm. It says, Whereas you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. All right, we might pause there for a moment because there's still more to say on that. But uh, it's very interesting. It says, you saw the feet and the toes partly of clay and the kingdom shall be divided. So, so far, we've had one empire, one kingdom, then being toppled by another and overtaken and overthrown, Mm. replaced. Um, But now it says there's a shift in what takes place. The kingdom, which would be the, the Roman Empire, it was divided. And um, there is strength and there is weakness. And um, you can see um, that the the defeat of iron and clay uh, represent those divided kingdoms. Mm. And we could see that what's fascinating about this, this is being given... Uh, this dream is, was given to King Nebuchadnezzar. And this in, is about 600 BC. This is about 600 BC, hmm. right? 600 BC, 2,600 years ago. Hmm. It's given to the king. It's given This dream is given to Daniel. He's interpreting it now. Um, and yet now we, we can see that uh, if, this, if this is correct, and we're saying the legs of iron represent Rome, then we should see that Rome was not conquered by another kingdom, but rather that it was divided into uh, other pieces. And that's exactly what happened in history. Is the Roman Empire was not conquered by one major empire, uh, but rather it crumbled. Uh, and, and many of the um, places over which the Roman Empire ruled rose up and, and became ultimately nations. Mm. So, so some of the nations of Western Europe, for instance, and it's interesting that it refers to that some parts of it were strong, some parts were fragile. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. And you can even see that today. In fact, we might read a little more about I think, that. I think we got to 42. We haven't read that Let's yet. read 42. Mm. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. Let's pause there. Notice it says, as the toes of the feet. Hmm. So you've moved from the legs, then into the feet, but now you're moving into the toes. This is talking about at the very end. Mm. So the very toes, the very tip of the the, the uh, statue or the image, and it's saying at the very end you're going to have partly strong and partly fragile uh, kingdoms. Um, and so uh, that's what we find uh, at the end of, of time at this point in time. The place where the Roman Empire used to be, you've got many different kingdoms, some are strong, some are weak. Um, and, you know, even um, my country, uh, England, uh, used to be ruled by the Romans for 400 years. Mm. And uh, it's one of those uh, 
divisions, if you like, of the Roman mm. Empire that it became a nation. And, and became quite strong as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, well, you can think of uh, countries like England. You could think of countries like France and Germany, which mm. have become stronger countries. Mm. There are weaker nations in Europe as well. Mm. Um, and um, so that, that has come to pass. Um, there is another verse that is interesting to note. In We'll read the next verse, which is 43. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. What does that mean, to mingle with the seed of men? Excellent question. So that's a, sort of an old English phrase, and what it means is when it talks about the seed of men, it's talking about offspring. Hmm. Okay, so this is really talking about uh, intermarriage between different parties hoping to bring strength through mm. that intermarriage mm. and we actually see this um it's quite a lot in history see it a lot yeah. through history we still see see it today mm. where you have uh the prince of one nation marrying the princess of another nation in hoping to form a union between those two nations this was very political as well by the way you know these days we have a lot of romantic marriage where people fall in love and they get married uh, but back in those days if you were of a royal household they would be planning your marriage to the prince or princess of another country even when you're a child um, because they were lo looking to form alliances and it wasn't just so much well you just fall in love with anybody and marry them no we we need to this is a political um, of political importance you can't just marry anybody and so they would be forming these alliances through through nations hoping that they would make them stronger and form a stronger bond between the nations mm. but um, unfortunately history shows us that that wasn't the case so for instance at the time of the first world war you have a lot of um, the leaders of the nations who were grandchildren of Queen Victoria for instance um, so there was a lot of intermarriage with Victoria's um, children and grandchildren um, hoping to form alliances but that didn't prevent the First World War uh, breaking out so you had the King of England the Tsar of Russia and Kaiser Wilhelm of Germany all cousins they're all cousins and yet they it didn't prevent them going to war Mm. Um, so that was fascinating. When we talk about, the, I mean, maybe we'll pick this up at the um, in the next section, but we want to talk a little bit about attempts for those nations to be reformed and reunited, mm. uh, and the, the Bible saying that they will not adhere, they will not stick together. They will remain divided. Mm. So we'll talk a little bit about that after the break. Okay. Now, we've got our main book offer today. It's called Visions and Dreams, A Fresh Look at Daniel and Revelation, and this is by Jack Blanco. The authors of Daniel and Revelation simply wrote down what they saw, towering images, strange beasts, and an assortment of cryptic symbols and events. Some of the visions and dreams were explained by angels. Others were sealed for future generations. Narrated in modern language without the interruption of chapter or verse, these ancient stories and prophecies are easier than ever to read and understand. And as you read, you will find courage and reassurance in the great truths about Jesus and his church found in these two books. We'll give you the code after the break. This song is a prophetic type song. It talks about Bible prophecy. It's called How Did, I, How Did He Know? Daniel knew 
of nations for thousands of years. How did he know? Jeremiah knew from the depths of a dry well that Jerusalem would fall. How did he know? Listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM. 
And that uh, song was a combination of Dave Edgren, who wrote the lyrics to the verse, were the verses, and uh, myself, who uh, wrote the lyrics to the chorus and um, produced the music. So. Before the break, uh, we had the book offer, Visions and Dreams, and I promised you the code for that, but I also mentioned we've got two book offers today, uh, or two offers today, should I say. One is the book offer, one is a tract, which uh, has um, some information about this dream. It has the statue, and uh, you might be interested in getting a copy of that. So the main book offer for today is the code for that is Daniel 2 and the letter A at the end. We've got two offers today, so it's Daniel 2A and Daniel 2B. Daniel 2A is the uh, offer for the the book, Visions and Dreams, and Daniel 2B for the tract, which is titled An Ancient Prophecy Reveals the Future. So text us in on 0488 880891. We'd love to get you a copy of these uh, offers today. Now, Peter, we've got the very last bit of this uh, dream to cover. All right, yes. So I just wanted to mention a little bit, um, as we talked in verse 43, uh, that they would um, mingle with them, the seed of men. We talked about the intermarriage that took place between the nations to try and unite them. It says, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. And so we, we see many attempts to reunite the Roman Empire through the centuries. We can think of people like Charlemagne, we can think of people like Charles V. Um, Napoleon attempted to unite Europe. Um, and um, even, you know, First World War, Kaiser Wilhelm, even uh, with um, Adolf Hitler, he said he wanted to, there to be one people, one empire and one leader throughout uh, Europe. And, of course, he pictured himself as that leader um, and he, defi- uh, he died a defeated foe. It was... Um, so so that that is fascinating and then you come to verse i think it's 40 let me have 44, a look at this i think we're at yeah 44 so uh just read that verse out uh, jason it says in and in the days of these kings the god of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever all right. So it's saying in the days of these kings or the days of these kingdoms that are the, the days of divided Rome, uh, which has been divided, by the way, for 1500 years now. Um, it says in the days of these kingdoms or the days of these kings, God will set up his kingdom. And that uh, kingdom represented by the stone that's going to come and strike the uh, image at its feet. That represents the coming of Jesus Christ. That represents his kingdom. Um, you know, sometimes we uh, may maybe people have heard the recitation of the Lord's Prayer. It says, um, "Thy Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done." Mm. Well, um, in terms of its uh, full impact, God's kingdom will come at the second coming mm. of Jesus, and so that's the next major event. That's the event that we're all still waiting for. Mm. And so, even though this prophecy was given some two thousand six hundred years ago, we're still in it. We it hasn't been completed. Mm. But think about it. We've had. Um, the rise and fall of Babylon, the rise and fall of Persia, the rise and fall of Greece, the rise and fall of Rome. Rome divided, attempts to reunite Rome. Those attempts have failed because the kingdom will be divided, the Bible says. And so seven elements of this prophecy have already been fulfilled. Mm. Um, 
we only are waiting now for the great stone that represents God's kingdom to come uh, and that will will complete this and so that's what we're all looking for and I find this to be an absolutely incredible um, prophecy because it covers so much history but it's relatively simple in its uh, in, in its understanding this helps to lay the foundation for other prophecies to come in the book of Daniel and in the book of Revelation mm. this helps to lay the foundation because it gives us principles of interpretation uh, that can help us with those other chapters uh, you noticed in verse 45 maybe you'd like to read that Jason inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands and that it broke in pieces the iron the bronze the clay the silver and the gold the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this the dream is certain and its interpretation is sure I really love those last few words. The Mm. dream is certain. We are constantly told, uh, Jason, in news bulletins, we live in an uncertain world. The financial markets are uncertain. There's an uncertain future ahead. The environment, uh, you know, what we'll do with that is is uncertain. But here it says this dream is certain Mm. and its interpretation is sure. And I want you to think about the fact that when those words were spoken by Daniel 2,600 years ago, that's very easy to say, well, the dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. Mm, mm. Um, we have seen it come to pass. We mm. have seen most of that history rolled out. All we have left is the setting up of God's kingdom, and mm. that is soon to come. So we we can really be sure that it's certain and sure uh, because we have seen it um, from this distance. And we're living effectively in the uh, the feet or the toes. Exactly. We're in the toenails. Yeah. We are definitely in the toenails. <laughs> Maybe we'll just, I'm going to read through the last few verses just so we can finish the chapter. And then I want to take a look at some of the, you know, what can we learn from this chapter? The king, then King Nebuchadnezzar, after he gets this dream interpreted, he said, then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering of in, and incense to him. The king answered Daniel and said, truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. Also Daniel petitioned the king and he set Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. And so Daniel was elevated to a prominent position because of what God did through him in this Mm. dream. Mm. Uh, And that meant that Daniel would have even more influence in the kingdom, which is what God had intended in the first place. So it's an incredible chapter, one of my favorites. And like you said, I think, Jason, there's a little tract. There's a book we're giving away, but also a tract. An ancient prophecy reveals the future. In that little tract, it's only small. It doesn't take long to read, but it does give the outline of this prophecy as well as a, a little picture of the image to help people. Hmm. We had a question come in. Uh, the question is about Daniel. And uh, Daniel had faith before he went to the king. Would he have spoken in Hebrew or Babylonian? All right. I don't think either. So uh, I think probably he spoke in Aramaic. This passage uh, of, the, of Daniel is written in Aramaic in the original language. So Aramaic was related to Hebrew. It was the language of uh, commerce and uh, international diplomacy. 
So what are your key points today? To, um... Well, there are many of them, but let's see what we can find out here. Um, first of all, uh, God can reach a pagan king and God can use a pagan king. Sometimes we think we can only use, you know, the church going people, people or the, yeah. you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he can reach anyone anywhere. Uh, also, Daniel prayed because his life depended on it. We should pray as though our life depends on mm. it as well. Um, also, uh, however bad things look now, we can have confidence that God will bring you know, his kingdom to pass in the end. And um, we can have great confidence in God because he has revealed the future 2,600 years ago and we have seen it played out in the history of the world. So uh, next week? Next week we are going to look at Daniel chapter 3. Um, and we are going and to that's, be... That's not a prophetic chapter either. That's it's more not, of a historical but story. But it is related it? to Daniel too. It and, is. Yeah. And, and there is an allusion to prophecy that we'll pick up in actually the book of Revelation. But uh, mm. we'll talk more about that next week. Mm. So don't don't forget to tune in for next week, chapter three of Daniel. These two chapters, two and three, uh, are some of my favorite um, chapters of Daniel. Yeah. They're, they're easy to understand. And, and there's uh, some great lessons in there for there's us. There's some great lessons for sure, absolutely. Um, now, interestingly, Daniel Matteo, who's been doing a series uh, called uh, Drawing from the Well, tomorrow he'll be doing the Bible as prophecy. Okay. Now, um, he knows that we're studying Daniel here. He said he's, he'll probably try to avoid Daniel to avoid overlapping with what we've been talking about today. So... Do remember the two codes for today. Now, the codes have no spaces in them. That's Daniel 2A. So just Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, the number 2 and the letter A, no spaces. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, And that's for the book, Visions and Dreams. And, of course, the second offer today is Daniel 2B, no spaces, Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, number 2 and the letter B. That's for the ancient prophecy reveals the future tract now we do hope that uh, wherever you are today uh, whatever you're up to that god is with you and we hope that uh, this lesson on daniel gives you confidence and assurance in the future because god has already revealed that his uh, word and his uh, visions are trustworthy so uh, may god bless you today and we'll join you again next week 